Hey, this is Paul Tomko, and you're listening to episode 22 of the Anti-Aging Lifestyle. Look, you only get one shot at this thing called life. And your lifestyle, the decisions you make every day, are either making you age faster or slower. Anti-aging is my passion. My goal is to give you the tools to live a long, healthy life. And of course, make sure you look good along your journey. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to use this podcast to help find those answers so we can all live our best life. Let's get started. All right, episode 22, here we go. So today's episode is all about drinking, drinking alcohol, whether or not it's beneficial for you or if it's uh, purely detrimental to your health. And drinking alcohol is kind of a controversial topic in a sense when it comes to social acceptance. I mean, to be honest, it is a part of our culture. No matter which country that you're from, drinking alcohol is a part of the culture. It's normally associated with having fun, uh, associated with social activities, going out with your friends, you know, finding a time to get drinks after work meeting up with an old friend, it's all associated normally with grabbing a drink and relaxing. Also, normally being able to put away alcohol or handle your alcohol is generally considered, at least from a society standpoint, a good thing, quote-unquote good. And being a lightweight, not being able to handle your alcohol, is normally considered a bad thing. So again, quote-unquote bad here. And you know, just growing up, it's a big part of being a teenager and even in college, it's a big part of the college experience for most people. I mean, I lived in a house with over what, 11 people and we used to throw house parties all the time. And, and anytime that you're throwing a big party in college, you would always pick up all the kegs, you would get all the cases of beer ready for beer pong, you would get your jungle juice ready to go, you would have alcohol for shots. I mean... It was all about setting the atmosphere, getting the lighting just right, and then you add alcohol to it, and that was a party in college. That was to do all of that, to have the lighting right, to have the music going, but to have no alcohol. I mean, in general, everyone, pretty much everyone would consider that to be a pretty lame party. So it's, you know, drinking alcohol is a part of our culture. Again, it's not black or white. But when we talk about health and whether alcohol is healthy or not for you, in my opinion, it's a pretty clear distinction of whether it's healthy or not, and we're going to go over that today. Now, before I go into the potential benefits of drinking alcohol, I want to just caveat that with all of these potential benefits are associated with very light to moderate drinking. So we're talking about drinking one to two alcoholic beverages max each day. And again, anything above that, then we're going to start talking about the, the consequences of that. But for these potential benefits, it's all associated with very, very light to moderate drinking. So the first benefit that I have listed in no particular order is drinking alcohol moderately may protect your heart. There's been numerous studies, numerous studies that have shown a reduced risk of heart disease when you're drinking moderately. And they've shown that drinking moderately increases your good cholesterol, your HDL cholesterol, and decreases your bad cholesterol, your LDL cholesterol. So again, in moderation, it can actually be very beneficial for your heart health. In terms of diabetes, there's been a bunch of studies that have shown, including the American Diabetes Association, has shown that drinking alcohol in moderation can actually decrease your risk significantly of developing type 2 adult onset diabetes. 
And this occurs by improving your average blood glucose levels. So as your body is able to process glucose more efficiently, it actually lowers the amount of sugar that's in your bloodstream, lowering your blood sugar levels. So again, moderate levels of alcohol has been shown to lower the amount of sugar in your bloodstream. Now, when it comes to brain health, they've shown that, again, moderate drinking can actually increase blood flow to the brain, which has been linked to increasing your brain power and decreasing your risk of developing dementia as you get older. This also is associated with reducing your risk of strokes because a stroke occurs when your arteries to your brain become blocked or become narrowed significantly, which reduces blood flow to the brain. So by increasing blood flow to the brain, and kind of unblocking those arteries in a sense by increasing that blood flow that's getting through, you are increasing your brain health, reducing risk of strokes. So that's a huge potential benefit there for very moderate and light drinking. Also, moderate drinking has been associated with reducing your chance of developing gallstones. Now, gallstones are normally developed in the gallbladder. The gallstones are made up of deposits of hardened cholesterol that build up over time. And small amounts of alcohol in your diet has been shown to increase the the good cholesterol, again, the HDL cholesterol, and it prevents cholesterol in general from being built up in the gallbladder and causing those gallstones. The last big benefit that I have listed for drinking alcohol in moderation is in general, it makes people more social. And being more social, being more engaged with social activities, having more friends has been linked to longevity, improved health over time compared to someone that stays more isolated, that doesn't have too many friends, that doesn't go out and who isn't very social. So if drinking alcohol in moderation allows you to go out, have fun, meet new friends, this is great for your longevity. This is great for your overall health. Now let's talk about the cons of drinking. Now the cons, the negative consequences of drinking are normally associated with excess drinking. But the definition of excess drinking is probably much more stringent than you're thinking right now. For the American Heart Association, for all these kind of categories of drinking, anything that's three drinks or more in a single day is called heavy drinking. And anything that's four drinks or more in a single day is called binge drinking. So again, based on those definitions, I know a lot of people that are heavy drinkers or binge drinkers. I mean, it's pretty easy to go to the bar and have three or more drinks in a single night, especially on the weekends. And as soon as you break that threshold, as soon as you go past one drink, past two drinks for sure, all those beneficial potential health benefits that we just talked about, we're talking about the the protection to your heart, the reduced chance of diabetes, reducing your chances of stroke and increased brain health, all those potential benefits go out the window immediately once you break that threshold of having more than a few drinks. Now, the first big risk associated with heavy drinking, and again, heavy is in quotes here, right? Heavy drinking, meaning three or more drinks a day, is considered heavy drinking. And the big risk, the big negative consequence, the first one that we're going to start with, is increasing your risk of cancer. And pretty much anything that the alcohol touches has an increased risk of cancer. So we're talking about increasing your risk of developing mouth cancer, throat cancer, esophagus cancer, liver and colon cancers. Basically, anywhere that the alcohol touches increases the risk of cancer in those tissues, in those organs, etc. In addition to those cancers, breast cancer also has a very strong association with heavy and excess drinking. In addition to cancers, they've shown that heavy drinking leads to muscle heart damage, so damaging your muscles in your heart, damaging your arteries, etc. So definitely not good for your heart long term. 
Higher alcohol consumption is also associated with liver damage because the liver has to process through all of the alcohol that's going through your body. And this has been linked to increasing your risk of developing hepatitis and cirrhosis, which are both you know, liver diseases that do permanent damage to your liver. Again, heavy drinking is linked to stroke rates, so increasing your risk of developing a stroke. And again, this is the exact opposite of what we just talked about. We just talked about how moderate or light drinking can actually decrease your risk of developing stroke. But as soon as you have more than a couple of drinks, you're increasing significantly your chance of developing strokes. So definitely not a good thing. You're increasing your risk of high blood pressure with heavy drinking. You're doing damage to your pancreas, increasing the inflammation in your pancreas, your liver, and your kidneys. You're doing brain damage. So excess drinking does significant brain damage. It's been associated with decreasing brain mass and leading to brain cell death. So the more drinks that you're having, again, in small amounts has been shown to boost brain function, to boost blood flow to the brain. But once you go past that threshold of a few drinks, now you're doing brain damage. You're killing off brain cells. Excess drinking has also been associated with increased risk of accidental serious injury and death to yourself and also to others. One of the big ones there is drunk driving, which is which is very, very common. I mean, oftentimes you're going out to the bars with your friends and obviously things like taking a taxi, Lyfts, Ubers are very beneficial and helping out a lot these days. But still, there's oftentimes a lot of people that are drinking. They just have a few drinks and they get on the road. And even if they feel pretty good, oftentimes their reaction ability and their ability to gauge distance is all compromised slightly. And it just increases your risk of getting in an accident and you know hurting yourself killing yourself or hurting others heavy drinking has also been linked directly to higher levels of depression and suicide oftentimes people that are drinking very heavily regularly are trying to cover up something in their life that they are having a hard time to overcome and uh yeah definitely not a good thing and you shouldn't be using alcohol to cope with these problems of course easier said than done i know depending on the situation but again, not the long-term healthy solution for you. Higher levels of drinking have also been associated with sleep disorders. So this is a funny thing. Drinking alcohol can actually make you fall asleep faster. The problem is it decreases significantly the amount of deep sleep that you're going to have during that night. So even if you do fall asleep faster, you're going to have much more shallow sleep. And if you're not getting too much deep sleep, again, deep sleep is the more restorative body sleep. You're going to wake up after a long night of sleep and you're just not going to feel very rested. Your body's still going to feel kind of tired after a night of drinking. Even things like a cough syrup or like a NyQuil, the normal formulation of a NyQuil has a good amount of alcohol in it. You know, again, it's going to help you fall asleep faster, but it's going to disrupt the quality of that sleep when you're sleeping. Higher levels of drinking have also been shown to decrease testosterone levels. And, you know, as your testosterone lowers, testosterone in general is linked to masculine traits. So, Having, especially as a man, having strong levels of testosterone mean that you're stronger, more confident, more masculine. Your voice will be deeper. You'll just have more strength, more libido, more energy. You're going to feel better. Your mood will be increased, so less chances of depression. So having high, strong levels of testosterone is very, very youthful and just makes a man very strong. So excess levels of drinking actually lower testosterone levels. They increase your cortisol levels and they increase the conversion of testosterone to estrogen so as a man converts more and more of his testosterone to estrogen he's becoming more feminine he's becoming less masculine 
And as estrogen levels build, it leads to a lot of symptoms in men, including things like fat deposits in the breasts. So your your chest becomes less firm, more saggy, almost more feminine, like in its appearance. So these are definitely not things that you want as as a you know as a typical masculine man. Higher levels of drinking have also been shown to increase and promote body fat storage and kind of affecting your body composition in a negative way. And this happens for a couple of reasons. One is you're doing damage to your metabolism. Your body is focused on processing that toxic substance first and foremost. So while alcohol is in your system, if you have, you know, if you just ate a big pizza or a pasta meal or you have a bunch of food in your stomach, all that stops processing. You're not going to be processing or prioritizing the digestion of, of food and carbs and fat and, and sugars that are in your body. So it's much easier and much more likely that your body is just going to store those sugars, store that fat that you're eating as body fat on your body instead of burning it for fuel, instead of burning it for energy. Because again, your body is preoccupied. It's trying very hard to cleanse your body of the toxin of the alcohol that you have consumed. Drinking alcohol is also bad for your overall body composition because it lowers your willpower. So even if you're normally very strict on your diet, once you have a few drinks in you, suddenly that pizza is going to look a lot more tempting. That burrito, those tacos, all that greasy and fried food that normally may not look very tempting to you at the bars suddenly will look like heaven. And it is much more likely that you're going to be eating a lot of that bar food when you're out, especially once you have a few drinks in you. And also drinking alcohol does not satiate you. So normally if you're eating food, you're getting calories from food, that's going to help you feel more full. So you're not going to be as likely to continue eating. But with alcohol, alcohol does not satiate you, does not make you feel less hungry. If anything, it actually stimulates your hunger, so you get more hungry. So the fact that you're getting calories from alcohol and it's making you hungrier to eat more food, this is a very, very dangerous combination, especially when we talk about you know eating too much food, being a calorie surplus, and storing body fat. The average drink is you know between 100 to 150 calories if you're just getting like a, a light beer or more of a, a pure alcohol cocktail. But once you're having mixed drinks or a cocktail that has more sugars added to it, suddenly a lot of these drinks can easily become 300, 400 calories very, very easily. So again, these excess empty calories are very, very easily converted to body fat. And even if the calories for alcohol are not directly converted to body fat, while your body's processing that alcohol, you're storing all the other food that you're eating as body fat very, very easily. And the last kind of nail in the coffin when it comes to your body composition is drinking alcohol has been linked to increasing the amount of body fat that you store in your belly region. So uh, I don't know, right, of, of all places. But yes, they've shown that drinking alcohol in higher amounts actually leads your body, causes your body to store more body fat in your belly region, covering up your hard-earned abs, fattening up that midsection and all the work that you're trying to do in the gym. It really just does the exact opposite. Drinking higher levels of alcohol has also been associated with alcohol addiction. So in America alone, there are roughly 38 million adults that drink too much alcohol. And again, too much here is in quotes, but anything above three drinks a day on average is considered too much. So just in America alone, almost 40 million adults are in that category. Overconsumption deaths caused by alcohol just in the U.S. alone exceeds almost 90,000 people every single year. So 90,000 people are dying just from drinking too much alcohol in the U.S. alone every year. And out of all violent crimes that occur, one third of them all involve alcohol. 
So again, <laughs> these are just not good things to have associated with heavier drinking. And the last negative that I'm going to list here is associated more directly to anti-aging and our anti-aging goals. But drinking alcohol has been shown to be a major source of dehydration and a diuretic. So as you're drinking more and more alcohol, you're dehydrating your body and you're dehydrating your skin. Your skin is your largest organ on your body. And as you drink more alcohol, your skin will get drier and drier. So of course, you're depriving your skin of water, but you're also depriving your skin of vitamins and minerals that it needs to stay healthy. So just realize as the night goes on, if you're drinking more and more alcohol, that you are doing damage and dehydrating your skin and causing more wrinkles to form. So now just to kind of conclude the, the pros versus the cons here, almost all of the studies, especially when it comes to lifestyle studies, and you know lifestyle includes alcohol, rely on patients to recall you know exactly how many drinks that they're having. It requires them to truthfully report how many drinks that they're having. And a lot of these kind of observational studies occur over many, many years. So it's very easy for these studies that show a beneficial you know, association with alcohol, like light drinking and moderate drinking. It's very easy for these associations to show up, but it's hard to tell if it's because these are just in general healthy adults that are eating healthy, that are exercising, and these are the same people that also engage in social activities with light or moderate drinking. And it may not be the alcohol itself that's causing them to be healthier, but just the fact that the moderate drinkers, the light drinkers are in general just healthier people overall. So these observational studies are very hard to conclude that alcohol itself, isolated, is the causation, is the cause of improving your blood glucose levels or decreasing your risk of strokes or decreasing your risk of developing a heart disease in moderation. Again, it's very, very hard to isolate alcohol out of all the different lifestyle factors that these people have. So knowing this, I would say the potential very, very slight health benefits do not outweigh the risks of drinking alcohol. It's very, very hard for us to know that drinking alcohol, even in moderation, is actually causing these health benefits to occur. It's much more likely that it's just the overall healthy lifestyles of these individuals. Again, it's very, very hard to tell. But I would never tell someone to start drinking or to start drinking more alcohol because of potential health benefits. That's just not a healthy way to go. And based on all the recommendations from doctors that I've read, they are in that same school of thought. They never recommend someone to drink more alcohol for health benefits. That being said, if you are otherwise healthy, if you're working out regularly, if you're eating a healthy diet, Drinking a small or very moderate amount of alcohol is most likely not going to be an issue at all. But again, if your focus is longevity and increasing the quality of your life and your health, you need to focus more on nutrition, proper nutrition, regular exercise. Don't just grab the Merlot and think that you're really going to do much health benefit. It's also very important to keep in mind that all individuals have different risk tolerances and genes and genetic expressions when it comes to everything in life, including alcohol. So you're going to have some people that just because of their genes are able to metabolize alcohol much, much more easily than others. So you may have people that you know that drink heavily, heavily throughout their lifetime that are still very, very healthy. Again, it's not because of the alcohol, it's just because of their specific genes and their gene expressions. I'm sure you all have friends that drink regularly, that drink hard, that party hard on the weekends, and they still look shredded. They still look very, very, very healthy. Whereas, you know, other friends, I'm sure, that drink one or two alcoholic drinks and their Asian glow is in full effect. They're bright red. 
They're looking lethargic, and you can tell that alcohol is really doing a number on their body. Again, a large part of this comes down to gene expression and your individual genetics. And also, if you drink alcohol more regularly, you build up a tolerance to it. So it gets very complicated when it comes to how many drinks that you should be having and trying to figure out a proper amount of drinks for your health. I say don't even associate drinking with health. I would say focus on activities that have more research behind it that have been shown to increase your health. Getting good quality sleep, getting regular water and hydration in, working out regularly, getting that good nutrition in with fresh fruits and vegetables with very minimal processed foods. Focus on the things that are the big hitters for your health. And don't start drinking alcohol because you think it's going to make you healthier. Even if it's like a red wine and you think it's going to have reverse atrol in it, like that is not a good reason. I would say the research is definitely lacking that shows alcohol for sure increases the quality of your health. That being said, if you are going to drink alcohol, try to do your best to keep it in moderation, one to two drinks max. Try to stay hydrated so you know that alcohol is a diuretic. So try to alternate, you know, between drinks, having a big glass of water or drinking water throughout the night. Oftentimes, if you go to like a bar or a club, they're going to have a big pitcher or a big cooler with water that's free. So make sure that you're getting those water cups in between your alcoholic drinks just to stay hydrated. And also keep in mind that when you have alcohol in your system, like we talked about, more fattening foods and sugars and carbs are not being burned effectively for energy and and it's much more easy for your body to store those carbs and sugars as body fat so if you are going to have a a long night of drinking ahead of you try to keep your carbohydrate intake lower so that you're less prone to store body fat during that night when you know your body is going to be focused on processing alcohol also try to start off that day if you know you're going to be going out that night try to make sure you get a good amount of fresh fruits whole fruits and vegetables That will help prevent you from having any kind of mineral or vitamin deficiencies that you may have later in the night. So that's it for episode 22. Drinking alcohol and alcohol in general is a part of our society and it's a part of life as we know it. But I do believe it is possible to include a small amount of alcohol in a healthy overall diet and to have fun, be social, enjoy time with your friends, allow, you know, the alcohol to kind of take the nerves off or take the stress off of your your long week. That's all fine. But just make sure to keep it in moderation because as soon as you start going into heavier amounts of drinking, you are for sure doing damage to your health. And that's not something that anyone really wants to deal with in life over time. Remember, this is the only body that you get. This is the only chance you have to live a healthy lifestyle and enjoy life. So you want to enjoy your life. You want to be social, but you also want to take care of your body. Take care of the vehicle that you have to experience life with. So try to keep it in moderation. Try not to go above three drinks in that night. And enjoy time with your friends, but just don't overdo it. So that's it for episode 22. For now, I'm going to roll into Tomco tip number 22, where I'm going to talk about the definition of what I call true intelligence and how you can use this true intelligence to get you your goals in life, to get you what you want out of life, and how this differs from what most people consider intelligence to be. So let's roll into that right now. Here we go. Today on Tomco Tip 22, I want to talk about the definition of what I call true intelligence. Normally in society, we think about someone that has intelligence as someone that has a lot of degrees, a lot of certifications, someone that has a PhD, someone that's a doctor or a lawyer, someone that has to go through a lot of school to get their education. We think that they, at least from a society standpoint, we consider these individuals to be intelligent. 
But for me, true intelligence comes from your ability to get what you want out of life. If you have a goal and you are able to achieve that goal, to me, you are intelligent in that area of life. For example, I used to be an aerospace engineer. I used to work as a rocket scientist, and I worked with a lot of very, very smart people. But a lot of these guys, you know, whether they're in their 60s or 70s, and they had been in the aerospace industry for 40 plus years. They all had PhDs. They're very, very well educated when it came to aerospace engineering. But a lot of times, these same individuals were very, very socially awkward, and some of them would have a hard time finding their way out of a dark alley. I mean, they were very I mean, they struggled a lot with other areas of their life. They were,、uh, again, this is general statements here, but a lot of them were single. They were living by themselves. They didn't have the best financial situation. But technically, from an aerospace standpoint, they're very, very smart. But again, that is not a type of intelligence that I want. I want to achieve things in life, I want to be successful in different areas of life. So to me, someone that's intelligent financially would be someone that has. Their financial freedom that has a large net worth, that has many streams of cash flow coming in. They are, if someone can achieve these things, to me, they are financially intelligent. Just because they have a finance degree and they work at a big Wall Street firm or a big investment company, that doesn't mean that they're intelligent because if their net worth is small, if they have no streams of income coming in, if they are broke, to me, they're not intelligent at all. I don't care how many degrees that they have. The same thing goes with something like relationships. It doesn't matter how many degrees that you have or certifications. If you're in an unhappy and unfulfilled relationship where things are not good, where there's no trust, where there's no connection being built, then you are not intelligent when it comes to building relationships. The same thing goes with your career or your contribution. If you're not in a career or in a job that fulfills you, Then you are not intelligent when it comes to building a career that fulfills you. That is something that is a skill that can be attained, that can be built over time. The same thing goes for fulfillment and gratitude in life. That is another skill that takes time to develop and grow over time. And you get more intelligent by reading more books, by listening to podcasts, by watching YouTube videos, by studying, by self reflecting. And anyone, anyone, it doesn't matter if you go to school or not, it doesn't matter if you have a college education. Anyone can become more intelligent in all these different areas of life. Know that you have this power to always improve yourself, to take yourself to the next level. Never bring yourself down. Never think less of yourself because you don't have these formal degrees or education. It's not about that. Those do not make you more intelligent. You can always become more intelligent, especially in this day and age where there's so much technology and there's so much information available at our fingertips. To improve all areas of your life, whether it's your relationships, your finances, your career, your contribution in life, your ability to have fulfillment and gratitude. These are all learned traits and skills that can be improved over time. So, as you go through life, try to improve yourself, try to become the best version of yourself in all these different areas of life. You only get one life, you might as well go for it. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the journey is more important than the end or the start. What I'm meant to be will eventually be a memory of a time I tried so hard and got so far. <laughs> Linkin Park shout out for anyone. Rest in peace, Chester. But that's it for episode 22. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, thanks. Love you guys.